Hello everybody, I'm Eduardo Nomer and welcome to It Pays to Fear God. This is where we learn about God, His beloved Son, Jesus Christ, and their kingdom purpose, which are the three most important subjects we can ever learn about, talk about, or discuss in the entire Holy Bible, according to John chapter 17, verse 3. The subjects that I have prepared for you and myself today is captioned, Toying with God's emotions. So, an emotion is kind of like an instinctive state of mind that we feel, usually from a given circumstance, be it a relationship or, uh, you know, a certain thing that just happened to us. Like, for example, if you just hear good news, there'll be positive emotions, but if you hear bad news, there will be negative emotions, right? Like sadness or anger or anything in that direction. And to toy with something is to, like, not take it very seriously. You don't exactly care about it very much, and you make decisions without really considering that particular thing. Now, usually when we think of emotions, we think of human beings, right? Because it's undeniable, science has proved that we do have emotions, of course, but we need to understand that God Almighty, our Heavenly Father, also has emotions, and it is very beneficial that we understand how God's emotions work, because that will create a desire to please God instead of offend Him. But before I really dive deeper into that, I just want to ask you a question that you can answer in the comment section below, and that question is, why did God Almighty call King Nebuchadnezzar his servant in Jeremiah chapter 25 verse 9 and chapter 27 verse 6 and even chapter 43 verse 10? I mean, it doesn't really make so much sense that an enemy king would suddenly become God's servant, right? So I want you to explain why God Almighty called him in the first place. Anyway, let's get back to that subject, toying with God's emotions. When we study the Bible, it will become very obvious to us that God Almighty indeed has emotions. For example, he can be jealous, according to Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 24, where Moses said, For the Lord thy God is a consuming fire, even a jealous God. He can also get angry, as he said in Jeremiah chapter 25, verse 6, which reads, And go not after other gods to serve them and to worship them, and provoke me not to anger with the works of your hands, and I will do you. He made that as a promise. If you don't defend me, nothing will happen to you. You will just continue living as normal. But if you decide to tour with my emotions, then, well, you'll see the other side of me, essentially. So, God Almighty can also get angry. And Abraham knew this, which is why in Genesis chapter 18, he was a little careful with the kinds of questions he was asking and how many he would ask God, like, if there were 50 righteous people, would you save the city? Would you? And so on, right? He didn't want to carry it too far in case he would get God angry. So he indeed has that emotion as well. And he can also be pleased by what we do. For example, in 1 Kings chapter 3 from verses 10 to 13, he was pleased with how King Solomon asked for wisdom instead of what most people would ask for, money and other vain things, right? So he can also be pleased. And in other words, it's rather we please God or we offend God. We make God angry. We make God disappointed in us. And it's important to know, before I get into anything else, God's emotions are important because they lead to actions. God Almighty takes decisions based on how he feels about things. For example, if he's pleased with somebody, then that will make him want to bless him, make his 
you know, family fruitful, make him rich and so on. But when he's angry with us, then that's going to impact how he reacts to us. You know, his relationship with us will be sour and he'll begin to punish us and do other stuff that we might not like. So ultimately, we should be in his good books because it will make him want to bless us more and we'll have a more steady relationship with him. I'm going to use the story of Israel mainly to explain how God's emotions work because God Almighty really opened himself up to the Israelites. He said in Jeremiah chapter 2 and verses 2 and 3 like that the Israelites were like a spouse to him. In Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 8, he even called them a wife and he kind of gave them a bill of divorce like, like you know, in a figurative sense, right? So they were very close to him and it was because of that that he really showed them some kind of emotion. He really opened himself up to him and we can use that to understand how God Almighty really works, how he thinks, what he feels. And that's how we're going to know how to please him. So, I'm going to start off by explaining how the whole plan with the Israelites really worked. So God Almighty came to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 from verses 1 to 3 and promised him that he would make a nation out of him. And Abraham complied. He behaved well before God Almighty and pleased him, even so much that when God Almighty requested that he sacrifice the son that he'd given him in Genesis chapter 22, he complied without hesitation. He wasn't thinking, wait, but you gave me this son. You have no right to just take it. I mean, I waited 25 years for it. No, he just obeyed and was pleased to do what God Almighty wanted. And because of this, God Almighty, out of those emotions that he was feeling, the fact that he was pleased with what Abraham had done, had sworn on his promise. Therefore, when God Almighty came to Moses and told him, you are going to go to Pharaoh now and deliver my people from Egypt, he meant business. So he was serious about it, and he really knew what he was doing. So by the time he freed the children of Israel from Egypt, and they were in the wilderness, God Almighty was thinking of many different things. He was, like I said, he was serious about it, and there were emotions of distress coming up, because, you know, there was trouble, the Israelites were hungry in many places, and he had to cater for many different needs at once. And by the time the Amalekites, an enemy nation, came in and cut off the back, the back ranks, that is, the old people, the stragglers, those who couldn't move as fast as the others, God Almighty was offended. He was extremely angry because he was already trying to manage a pretty difficult situation and the Amalekites just came to make it worse. And as a result, God Almighty said to Moses that he was going to cut off such people and wipe them off in the face of the earth, as he later did in 1 Samuel chapter 15 using King Saul. And we're going to consider what God said through Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 25 from verses 17 to 19 because it really helps us to understand how God Almighty felt, these kinds of emotions as a result of what happened. That place reads, Remember what Amalek did unto thee by the way when you were come forth out of Egypt, how he met thee by the way, and smote the hindmost of thee, even all that were feeble behind thee when thou was faint and weary, and ye fear not God. Therefore it shall be, that when the Lord thy God hath given thee rest from all thy enemies round about, in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance to possess it, that thou shalt blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven, thou shalt not forget it. That phrase, thou shalt not forget it, refers to the fact that God Almighty felt a certain way about such people. He was angry, he was offended, and as a result, he wanted them gone, and he 
And when it was time, he told King Saul, I want these people out of this site because of the way they offended me when I was bringing the Israelites out of Egypt. Then we can also look at what the Israelites did in Exodus chapter 32. So it wasn't just an enemy nation that made God feel a certain way. It also went on to what the Israelites themselves, God's own children, did to him. God Almighty had taken Moses to a mountain and he was giving them laws. If you look at Exodus chapters 25 to 31, you can see those laws. And he was there for 40 days and 40 nights. And the Israelites had kind of gotten a bit tired of waiting because they were wondering, like, where is Moses? What is he doing? Even though they kind of already known, it's just that their stubbornness, their impatience brought them to draw such conclusions. And they began to take laws into their own hands. They told Aaron, up, make us gods, which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man which brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we watch not what is become of him. And by the way, I've preached a sermon, make us gods, which shall go before us previously, which you can check out in my channel as it goes into more detail about why the Israelites did such things and why God Almighty punished them as a result. But the point is, they didn't take God seriously. The Israelites had toyed with his emotions. And after they had set that up and they began to worship the molten calf that Aaron had created using their earrings and all that, God Almighty seen the whole event and told Moses, okay, we need to come down because these people have not taken me seriously. They've offended me. And once Moses had seen everything, God Almighty told him, Now therefore let me alone, that my wrath may wax hot against them, and that I may consume them, and I will make of thee a great nation. That is what God Almighty feels when we decide to toy with his emotions. He becomes angry, and he begins to do certain things that he wouldn't have ordinarily done, but because of the way he's feeling, he will begin to execute some kinds of judgment. Now, yes, he didn't end up doing it because Moses had, you know, spoken to him and said, hey, what about what happened to Abraham? You know, you told him that you were going to make a nation out of his seed and all that. You don't just want to end all that, right? And God Almighty, like I said, did listen to him, but it didn't change the fact that God Almighty was offended. If you also look at Numbers chapter 14, it was the same thing. After the ten spies who had been influenced by Satan the devil had given an evil report of the land and had convinced the people that we cannot proceed, we cannot enter the land which the God Almighty had promised us, and then which made the Israelites rebel against God Almighty and even want to return back to Egypt, God Almighty was once again angry and was like, because you guys have seen my glory, you've seen what I did to the Egyptians just so that I could take you out of their bondage, and yet... You have murmured against me and offended me these ten times. Everybody who came out of Egypt was 20 years and older will not inherit that land. That was a very harsh judgment, yes, but it came as a result of God's emotions. It came as a result of God's God Almighty's anger, his fury. We need to understand that when we do not take God Almighty seriously, when we want to jeopardize his plan, when we want to do whatever we want, that considering how God Almighty feels about it. God Almighty will indeed come out. So it's important that we work towards pleasing him instead of not really caring what he thinks. So God Almighty came out on them, and it was only Joshua and Caleb who were above 20 years old who could inherit the land because they did not toy with God's emotions. Rather, they took God very seriously and were confident that they could inherit the land. And 
Numbers chapter 13, from verses 27 to 33. And these things don't just end here. If you also look at when the, like when Israel became a nation, that is a kingdom, and they had kings and all that, they also didn't take God Almighty seriously. If you look at what King Jeroboam did, he set up other gods, similar to actually what Aaron had done. And he, you know, made all Israel worship it just so that he, they wouldn't have to go to Judah where King Rehoboam was ruling. So he toyed with God's emotions because he didn't really care what God Almighty thought. It was like, hey, I'm a king and I need power, so let them come and worship here. So then he created two gods in Dan and Bethel, and that was what began to happen. And after they also began to create alliances with the other nations, with Tyre and with the others, he eventually became jealous because this is... Israel was like his wife, like I said, and according to Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 8, and other places in Jeremiah, the prophet especially. So, God Almighty began to feel jealous. He began to feel angry, and that was what made him give them into the hand of King Nebuchadnezzar, according to Jeremiah chapter 25, from verses 7 to 9. And he expressed his emotions in text in Zechariah chapter 8, verse 2, where he said, Thus said the Lord of hosts, I was jealous for Zion with great jealousy. I was jealous for her with great fury. But when it comes to what God's children had done to toy with his emotions, we're not done just yet. In fact, the biggest example has just come because... How the Pharisees killed Jesus Christ, how they toyed with his emotions, really made God angry. And that was what made him end his real relationship with the Jews at that time. God Almighty announced to everybody that Jesus Christ was his beloved son. He said in Matthew chapter 3 verse 17, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And in another place he added, listen to him. So, Obviously, it's like a king and his son, the prince, right? It means a lot to him. So the way the Pharisees were just ridiculing him, calling him an idiot, it's like, isn't this the carpenter said? Why should we listen to such a fool? God Almighty was offended. He kind of took it personally. And by the time they decided to hang him instead of listen to him, he really got angry. And even when Jesus Christ was on earth, he told the Pharisees this in a parable how he was like the owner of the vineyard's son. And the people who were working in the vineyard, the husbandmen, were like, hey, this is the son, so if we just kill him now, then the whole vineyard will be ours. So that was what the Pharisees were doing. If they just cut off Jesus Christ, and they could have everything to themselves. And as a result, God Almighty would take revenge. And Jesus Christ also knew this, which is why in Luke chapter 19, from verses 41 to 44, he summarized the judgment. He said, saying, If thou hast known, even thou, at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. For the days shall come upon thee, that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee, and compass thee round, and keep thee in on every side, and shall lay thee even with the ground, and thy children within thee. And they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another, because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. That is God's wrath. And we see that in AD 70, God actually executed the judgment because he brought in the Romans and they besieged Jerusalem and they killed everybody there, destroyed the temple, and they took many of the valuables and were now using them to enhance their Roman worship. So that is what happens when we toy with God's emotions. It's very clear now how God Almighty does have emotions, the way he can feel based on 
how we decide to be stubborn and how we decide to not consider him when we're living our day-to-day -day lives. But we can also please God Almighty and he will show positive emotions. He will be happy with us. He will be pleased. And it will then lead to him blessing us. We will build a strong relationship with him and will generally live peacefully in this world. For example, if you look at what King Solomon had done in 2 Chronicles chapter 1, verse 6, we can see that he offered 1,000 burnt offerings just because he wanted to please God Almighty. It was out of zeal and love for God, and God Almighty was indeed pleased with this, which was why he then offered to just let King Solomon ask for whatever he wanted, and he would provide it. And God Almighty was still pleased with him when King Solomon asked for wisdom, which was a very good thing, and... That was what made him say that he would not only be wise, one of the wisest people that ever lived, but he would also be wealthy. He was one of the richest kings that ever lived, according to 2 Chronicles chapter 9, from verses 19 to 26, and many other places in the scriptures. So God Almighty pronounced that blessing because of how pleased he was in King Solomon. If you also look at Abel in Genesis chapter 4, we can also see that Abel was interested in pleasing God Almighty. That was why he gave the best of his sheep. He wanted God Almighty to feel happy about him. He wanted to please him. So he sacrificed something that he would have otherwise preferred to keep to himself. And the Bible makes it clear that God Almighty will do certain things, go out of his way to make sure certain things happen in our favor because we are interested in pleasing him instead of offending him. For example, he will make sure that our enemies are at peace with us, as in he will not have an ability to cut us off and destroy us. King Solomon said in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 7, When a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. Also, if you read Psalm chapter 91 from verses 1 to 11, you can see that David had explained how when we please God Almighty, when we dwell under his shadow, figuratively, which means when we want to live according to the way God Almighty has instructed us to, then God Almighty will protect us. He also said in Psalm chapter 34 verse 7, The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth him. Also, if we have any requests, God Almighty will grant them because we please him. John the Apostle once said, And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. But if we refuse to please God and desire to make him happy, then we will see the other side of him. If you look at what's happening in our time, you can see that secularity is creeping in. People are losing their trust in God and building their trust in data, science, you know, physical worldly things that will take our minds away from God. It's a whole new God now that people have begun to worship. Christian nations have now been building that in the government, in all kinds of systems, and are making people move in that direction. God Almighty is getting angry because he's watching us. People are forsaking him. They say, okay, on Sunday, we'll go to church, you know, but they don't really take God seriously anymore. God is just one of those things that they do to fulfill our righteousness. And the Bible makes us to know that this is not the time where we toy with God's emotions because God Almighty is angry. He said in Isaiah chapter 28, verse 21, For the Lord shall rise as in Mount Parazon. He shall be wroth as in the valley of Gibeon, that he may do his work, his strange work, and bring to pass his act, 
his strange act. And if we consider Joel chapter 2 from verses 15 to 17, we can also understand how God Almighty's emotions work and how we should be humble and sober in such times. He said, Lo, the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the leaders, gather the children and those that suck the breasts. Let the bridegroom go forth of his chamber and the bride out of her closet. Let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep between the porch and the altar, and let them say, Spare thy people, O Lord, and give not thine inheritance to reproach, that the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, Where is their God? And to conclude, I'm going to consider what Jesus Christ has said in Matthew chapter 10, verse 42, because this is a practical advice we should remember when it comes to God's emotions. We should try to help God Almighty, please God Almighty, support God Almighty's work, because we will indeed be blessed when we do so. Jesus Christ said there, And whosoever giveth to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water, only in the name of a disciple, Verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. We should use physical materials in order to please God Almighty, in order to build a relationship with him. Make to yourselves friends with the mammon of unrighteousness, that when ye fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitations. That's Luke chapter 16 verse 9. We should use those physical things in our environments, that is money, you know, our education and so on, to advance God's purpose, to help God Almighty. Now, this doesn't mean God Almighty is a weak person necessarily. It's not that he requires our help in order to do anything. No, it's showing our love for God Almighty. It's wanting to please God Almighty. And when we do so, that kingdom, once it's fully established, we will have our own share in it. God will remember us and resurrect us so that we can inherit, according to Daniel chapter 7, verse 27, and Matthew chapter 5, verse 5. Let's start the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. To conclude this episode, let's hear a tune that some of us might enjoy. that we all study the Bible and learn about who God Almighty is and how his emotions work because, like I said, that's the only way we'll be able to know how to please him. It'll build that desire in us so that we may make our Heavenly Father happy and our lives may be filled with blessings. Have a great day and God bless you. Oh, one more thing. If you like what you heard today, feel free to share a message at HTTPS colon double slash anchor.fm slash it pays to fear God slash message. Once again, that's HTTPS colon double slash anchor.fm slash it pays to fear God slash message. Hope to hear your wonderful feedback.